Women Abroad, be inspired by women who find their true selves living abroad. The 25th episode of Women Abroad brings me to introduce Barbara Lima. Barbara is a visionary, multilingual and multi-talented Brazilian artist and entrepreneur. She's the founder, editor-in-chief and creative director of The Weave magazine, a seasonal and regenerative publication. For self and professional development, she traveled and moved to Canada, France, China, Australia, Malaysia, Costa Rica and now Mexico. Barbara calls herself a nomad, grounded, aligned with herself and moving with the flow of life. For us, she opens her heart to her journey of self-discovery and how she sees her traveling abroad as a catalyst to develop spiritually. As our interview is longer than usual, I'm inviting you to take a good seat and enjoy your listening to the fullest, being in the moment. My apologies for the occasional barking dog in the background. Hello, Barbara. Hi, Françoise. How are you? I'm doing well. What about you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you for accepting my invitation to be on my show, and I'm very pleased to host you today. Thank you for having me. As a way to introduce your storytelling, could we first dive into your childhood memories and understand your Brazilian roots? Actually, I'd like to discover where your desire to explore the world started from. Right. Thank you for that question, um, because it takes me to a very dear memory from my childhood. I was born and raised in Brazil, and during my childhood, I had the opportunity to be in contact with nature quite often and play. And I, I mostly had boy friends, and so I used to play very active games on the streets. Um, and I was a very curious child. Since I can remember, I was always asking questions. And my dad was this person who loved books and loved exploring different cultures and loved asking questions as well. And so I feel that's something I inherited from him. And this memory that I have specifically has been um, a guiding light in many ways For the longest time, unconsciously, but once I became conscious of how it has impacted my life, I understood that it was, in fact, a guiding light. I, I believe I was seven years old, and we lived in a small town in a house with a backyard. And I remember always watching my dad work in his workshop in the backyard. He loved working with wood. And my mom had told me about an aunt who lived in Switzerland. And uh, she told me that it was another country and that my aunt also spoke many different languages. And I remember running to my dad to ask him what my mom meant when she mentioned countries, because it was the first time I had heard that word. And I wanted to know what it was. And so he told me that countries were these places outside the place where we lived Um, and told me that in these places, people spoke different tongues. And I'm using the word tongue here because in Portuguese, the word for language and tongue is, is one, one word. It's the same. And so the same word signifies 
the 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 organ the 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 part of our bodies the 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 tongue and language the languages that we speak in my mind i saw a globe because he spoke about the globe a mm-hmm. globe filled with tongues like human tongues <laughs> just multiplying uh, multiplying around its axis and um filling the the globe uh, full and so i imagine all of these human tongues and i just started wondering how what does that mean so if here we have our tongue on this uh, in this horizontal position what what does it mean in other countries people have a diagonal tongue or a vertical tongue inside their mm-hmm. mouths and how how do they speak if their <laughs> tongue is not flat inside their mouth and that created i remember experiencing in my body this explosion of um the, the boundaries of my imagination really expanded and an entire world of imagine imagination was born at that point for me and with that experience of learning about countries and learning about different languages i wanted to know what was outside my country and i believe that combined with the information i had received about my aunt that she spoke many languages i that's where my dream of ex- exploring the world and speaking different languages was born and i remember saying that's what i want i want to speak many languages and i want to travel and i want to explore the world and obviously as a child that vision was quite limited because my imagination was the reference point once i started understanding as i grew up one once i started understanding what that actually meant what countries actually were and what languages actually were that's when i the wanderlust was born and that's when it became very clear to me that i wanted to learn languages and travel the world mm-hmm. did you start your journey abroad by visiting your aunt in switzerland no i didn't um i actually never got to meet her in person and that's because um she was not very close to my mom she was my mom's sister and for us uh, at that point to travel to visit her was not possible and she didn't have plans to go to brazil either and when we started exploring the possibility of visiting her um it was close to when she then passed away and so we kept on communication and she she would send us gifts and share stories and we would speak on the phone but we never had the chance to really share time physically together but she was a great source of inspiration for sure have your parents ever known how impactful their story I was on on nourishing your imagination. Yes, I'm not sure about that. I believe um, I I lost my mom when I was 13 and my dad passed away 13 years ago. And so I I don't think my mom ever knew about this, but I did have conversations about that with my dad and my dad was a lover of languages as well and it was through him that I started learning languages. Um a little bit of french a little bit of italian greek and latin he had a love of latin and so i started studying latin and then later on i chose to study linguistics and during that time 
I would bring books home in Greek and then he would sit and read with me and discuss words and meanings and talk about cultures. And, and I, he had a collection of books. And so every day I would go and I would visit the books. And sometimes I found one that I really liked and he would say, okay, you can keep this one. And he would write something special for me on the book. But I, what I can say is that later on during my explorations and asking questions and feeding my curiosity, I decided to explore the etymology of my name, Barbara. And I found out that it means the foreigner. The barbarians were the people who lived outside the, the, the regions that where they, um, they planned to explore, right? Um, so your parents didn't, didn't choose your first name by, by chance, even though they, they were not really aware of that, maybe. 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 Yes. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> maybe, yes. And uh, it was just by putting these pieces together, this childhood memory, the influence that both my mom and my dad had on me uh, in regards to traveling and exploring the world and the books and um, exploring cultures from my home and then understanding what my name meant. Uh, all of that felt it like... I was destined to um, to have the journey that I have been experiencing in my, in my life, even though I thought it was not possible because both my parents grew up in poverty. And in my nuclear family, I was the first one to actually have an experience abroad, except for my dad who uh, traveled to Paraguay um, with his friends um, for a short period of time. Other than that, nobody had ever left the country. And so there was no um, reference point that made me believe that it would be possible for me because at that time it was not easy to leave the country. It was expensive, um, especially that was the main obstacle. It was very expensive, especially considering Uh, currency exchanges and you know the 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 challenges that are that that were intrinsic to the experience in Brazil at that point. And so, I had the dream, I had the the roadmap, let's say, and I had this feeling of destination that came with that memory and my name. But I did not know how it would happen, how it would manifest. Mm, I understand. What was the first trigger? For you to move abroad? It was a visit um, during, we were having a conference in the university where I was studying. It was um, La Semaine de la Francophonie. And so we were, we were receiving guests from different countries um, in Africa. There were speakers from Canada. And one of these speakers from Canada was from Quebec. He was a professor, uh, um, I believe, at Université de Montréal. And he went to our university to talk about the master's programs available at Université de Montréal and a little bit about life in Canada and the opportunities that were available to Brazilians in that context. And I remember being extremely excited because at that point I had chosen to study French when choosing um, the, the direction that my linguistics program would take. And super happy that I could understand what he was saying, that I could interact a little bit in French. And just fascinated again with the world that he was presented to us. Uh, at that point, I already had a feeling that something special would happen between 
me in Canada, let's say. I had this thing for Canada and I couldn't quite explain except for the fact that in terms of organization, of societal values and um, culture and access to education and opportunities and self-expression, freedom, um, multilingualism, all of these things that I saw from a distance were part of uh, what Canada represented to me were very attractive. And so I was highly interested in understanding how I could have an experience in Canada. And I remember being in that space, which was an auditorium in the university where I studied and listening to that lecture and experiencing again that somatic experience, uh, that somatic explosion that I had when I was a child. And my dad told me about the globe of, of tongues. I remember this excitement and, and something really igniting inside of me as if it were like an indication that that's the path that I needed to take. And so I said, well, once I finish my studies, I'm going to go to Canada um, for a master's degree. And that was the plan. To Quebec, to Montreal. To Montreal, yes. But life decided that I needed to go before my studies finished. And so I took a gap year and I went to Canada. That was 2005. That was my first time leaving the country. And I stayed in Montreal for eight months. I studied French, uh, worked, and was really interested in exploring what life outside of Brazil felt and looked like. And I, when deciding to go there, I already knew in my heart that I would want to move there. And that's the reason why I quit my job. I sold nearly everything I had, including my car, my furniture, and whatever was precious, I left at my dad's house and went knowing that that would probably be the path I would take moving forward. Um, but then understood that it was important to go back to Brazil at the end of those eight months, which were supposed to be six months initially and ended up being eight. It was important to go back to Brazil to finish my study so that I could fulfill the criteria that the permanent residency process uh, to Canada uh, included. And so I went back to Brazil, finished my studies and focused on acquiring more experience as a language teacher at the time I was teaching French and working as a translator as well. And at the end of three and a half years, transitioning from coming back to Canada um, and then going back to Canada, um, I, I finished my studies, I, I acquired more experience teaching and translating And at the, uh, at the end of those three and a half years, received my permanent residency and in 2009 moved to Montreal. Did Canada meet your expectations? Did you comfort your, your first impressions you had of Canada? Yes, um, I feel that the experience was beyond my expectations uh, for sure at first, the lifestyle, um, access to culture, and the possibility of uh, full self-expression. That I remember that being one of the things that really impacted me. Um, being in a country where, at least in a city, not necessarily the country, but Montreal is a very multicultural, diverse city. 
that allows people to really express themselves the way they want, you know, dress up the way they want and not worry really about what other people think about how you're doing it. And just the fact that I could experience so many different languages uh, on the same day, that to me was, um, was exactly what I wanted. I wanted to live in French at that moment. I, I love the French language and I really wanted to live in French, but I also wanted to have the opportunity to speak other languages every day. And so suddenly I'm there speaking four languages every day. My, my mother tongue at home, Portuguese, and I'm speaking French and English with people outside and at work also speaking Spanish. And I said, this is exactly the life that I want to live. This is how I want to live. I want to live a life in which I can, I have the opportunity to speak many languages every day. And I have the opportunity to be in touch with people from different countries every day. And that's what Montreal brought me. And I'm very grateful for that experience because it was extremely important in creating a, an entirely new soil for me that allowed me to bring to the surface an entirely new being as a result and expand my consciousness and expand my horizons, which was exactly what I wanted to do. The first thing I thought when I, when I felt that I wanted to leave my country was I just want to see what's out there. I want to expand my vision, expand my horizons. And Montreal brought me that in a very interesting way because It can be a very provincial city, but at the same time, as I said, super multicultural and diverse. And this was not the case in, in Brazil, at least where, where we live, where you lived before moving. Where are you from in Brazil? Because Brazil is a huge territory too. Yes, I'm from a state called Minas Gerais, which is very close to Rio, Sao Paulo. It's in the southeast of the country. And my, my town uh, is called Uberlandia. And it's more towards the center of the country, west of Minas Gerais. It is a town that receives a lot of people from different places in Brazil because we have some of the uh, most recognized universities in the country. So we receive a lot of students uh, from different uh, cities and towns around Minas Gerais, even from far. Um, and it's also a center of distribution in the country. And, uh, and so we have lots of traffic in that sense there, but the external influence is not, when I say external foreigner, uh, the foreign influence is not as pronounced because most foreigners will tend to choose places such as Rio or Sao Paulo to visit or live in Brazil. Mm, but definitely you were not exposed to so many tongues as you were when you moved to Montreal. Absolutely. I thought I would stay in Canada forever, but then life took me to another country and then another country and then another country. And a dream that I had of living for different periods of time in different countries manifested as well. And it was something that I never thought would really happen, not only because of the limitations that I experienced at that time in my life, but also I did not understand that I, I was not aware at that point of the reasons that would take me on that journey. 
And that's what I love about um, these experiences that I've had. They have been happening in this sp- the, the space of flow, which is something that I really enjoy. Could you explain a little more what you mean by flow? For me, it has to do with this, I'm going to say ability, but it's not necessarily a skill. I believe it's a decision that comes from a place of consciousness expansion and understanding the intrinsic um, functions of life. Um, I feel like flow has to do with surrendering to what life brings in the form of what's meant for you. Connecting to the world around you and learn from yes. this new environment. I feel like the more aligned you are with yourself, and that comes from exercising self-knowledge. Self-knowledge, is, in my understanding, is a very powerful tool. The more aligned you are with yourself, the more aligned you are with the universe. And once you create that alignment, you enter a place of purpose. And in that place, the universe will support you by creating synchronicities. And these synchronicities are these landmarks that show me the way. If I am living in flow, that means that I'm not trying to necessarily control my experience. I'm more interested in observing these landmarks and uh, paired with my intuition, flow with them. And so it is a dance with life rather than um, an experience of trying to control life. Um, I also believe that our desires are not necessarily the best guides in the process because what I want might not be coming from a fully conscious uh, place and when I want something unconsciously I'm not necessarily aligned with who I truly am therefore I'm not necessarily aligned with the universe and what the universe is creating for me which is part of my um, my journey right that I am meant to experience You have a mission. You mean everyone has a mission, something to achieve. Everyone has a mission and a purpose. And I feel like the roadmap is a little bit like this. It starts with, it start, it starts with um, an excavation of our true self through self-knowledge, but also healing and understanding what are the layers that are suffocating the true self. That can be trauma, that can be systemic conditioning, that can be um, inheritance, unconscious inheritance or generational um, patterns that are not necessarily serving my true self that I need to decondition, deconstruct and dissolve. And I feel like, and move to your true self. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I feel like traveling gives us this wonderful opportunity to step outside these patterns or these, these conditioning um, places and open ourselves to new possibilities uh, in terms of living. And that's what Canada brought me at first this sample of what life could be. What I, in Brazil, for example, imagine was utopia. I saw was extremely possible in practice in Canada. And so it, I remember through this initial process of expanding my horizons, being faced with these realities that showed that my reality was just one perspective 
that was part of a, an infinite realm of perspectives. And that's what the universe presents us every day. It's this infinite possibility of remaining curious about these landmarks that are these synchronicities and listening to them not only with our mind, but also our heart, our guts, and our intuition and understanding where the calling is. But I can only hear the calling if I'm fully aligned with myself. And for me to be fully aligned with myself, I have to know who I am so I can trust myself. In that process of self-trust, I can make decisions that are serving my higher self, not necessarily my lower self, which may be coming from these places of conditioning, of trauma, of unconsciousness. And so the, the, for me, the journey of, of traveling uh, around the world has been a journey of self-exploration. Transformational journey almost. Absolutely. Existential mm-hmm. quest. Yes, through this uh, development of awareness, but... For that to happen, I believe it's not only about traveling because we can travel unconsciously. We can travel in a limiting way where wherever I go, I'm trying to reproduce an experience that is familiar to me and not really willing to come out of my comfort zone or look at the world from a different lens or listen to another voice that's different than mine. I feel like we can talk in terms about uh, in terms of. conscious traveling and unconscious traveling and I feel like that's that makes a big difference um, when exploring the world how that's going to impact my own inner self-exploration and this potential to awaken to my true self and transform who I am and my reality as a result. So you mean that we need to travel with a particular mindset to take the best of the journey abroad? I believe so. Um, Traveling with intention is really important, but also without limiting this flow of synchronicities. I feel like traveling with attention is also very important. Every person we meet along the way has a message for us. And listening to these messages, and they can be quite subliminal, is a a gift that we can give ourselves if we're willing to listen to these messages. If I'm traveling and indulging in um, activities that only increase my unconsciousness, then I'm missing out on these opportunities to expand my consciousness and get in deeper touch with who uh, I truly am through the eyes of other people. I feel like traveling is an amazing opportunity for us to mirror each other in a way that can be completely unexpected because you're in touch with different cultures. And once you're in touch with different cultures, the kind of mirrors that will be put in front of you are mirrors you've never seen before that will show a facet of who you are that you probably have not been in touch with before because the mirror is completely new. But you must be ready to explore, to open yourself and to raise your own awareness. Not everyone, not every woman traveling alone is is ready for it. What do you think? I agree. I feel like this is a process. Um, everything exists, you know, duality is the mother of creation. On one side, we have uh, black. On the other side, we have white. In between, we have a spectrum. And I feel like once we start traveling, we're starting 
potentially from one side of the spectrum and the empty side, the side that doesn't know, the side of the unknown, the side of very little tools. And as we start traveling, these tools start to um, uh, increase, the, the, the number of tools starts to increase and the awareness starts to increase. But I feel like fundamentally what's important here is to have the intention of remaining curious and open and uh, willing to explore what's outside the comfort zone because it's very easy to remain within the lines of safety. I'm going to go to this restaurant that exists in my country as well because I know the food, I know the food is safe, I know the food is good and it's familiar so I'm going to go there. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, and it's of course, not about of course I do. <laughs> it makes sense. It, it's not about taking uh, risks that are not calculated. Uh, obviously, we need to, especially if we're traveling alone as women, we need to do it uh, very responsibly, responsibly. But I feel it's about consciously challenging ourselves to do what we usually don't do. And doing that alone is an opportunity to spend time with ourselves and make decisions that are really aligned with who we are because we are not trying to please anyone. We're not trying to get anyone approval, uh, anyone's approval. Uh, we're really living in the moment and flowing with the moment in alignment with who we are. So that's what you mean by intention. You need to move abroad with an intention and be ready to explore yourself, to develop your awareness and to to develop and to, to get to know more about who you are, what you are meant to do. And every country has something different to offer to you. But you don't feel comfortable everywhere. And probably some countries will open your mind and your soul in a different way and more than others. Um, where do you, so far <laughs> in your life, Where do you feel most familiar and most comfortable in? Where do you think you have grown the most as a person, as a woman? I believe that would be China. And it's interesting how the, my experience of China was an experience of duality in a way that... Um, Instead of living the spectrum as usually we do in life, I was living the opposite sides of the spectrum at the same time. And so in many ways, it was the most comfortable place where I lived. Um, I had a very abundant life that allowed me to uh, have freedom to do what I wanted. Um, well, within the possibilities of what abundance was providing me. And then I had the, the opposing force in the form of mass surveillance and censorship and um, a, a social credit system and regulations that were quite rigid. And so I experienced these opposing forces very present every day in my life. And I feel that combined with what was my deepest spiritual awakening um, uh, so far has been the deepest spiritual awakening I've been through. Combined with that spiritual awakening, I was also experiencing this um, dystopian future in, ver in a very tangible way. 
I feel like that 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 combination between these opposing forces was what created this big bang of rebirth in my life, because we were talking about how traveling can show who we are if we remain open enough to observe things just for what they are without judging them. We also have the opportunity to explore who we can be that we may not necessarily be aware of because I may know who I am considering the reference points that I have right now, but what if these reference points change and they will change if I'm paying attention to them as I travel? Well, as these reference points change, points change then a new possibility of being is gifted to me. Oh, I can be that. Life can be that way. That is actually possible, not impossible. Um, or do you see what I mean? It's I like do. I do. It I, resonates for me. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it, does. It, it shows me who I am, but it shows me who I can be. And that's what China did for me in, in, in a very special way. I can, I can mention other places. Australia was really special as well in that journey. Uh, How long did you stay in these places? In China, four years. Three years in Shanghai, one year in Shenzhen. Australia was a summer travel. I stayed there for three and a half weeks, living in a van and experiencing a lot of uh, what life and community could be and freedom of, of expression, uh, which was very important for me as a woman at that time, letting go of the good girl syndrome, allowing um, a much freer version of who I am to come to the surface without feeling shame, without feeling guilt, or without feeling that I had to limit myself. And how can I really tap into my fullest expression? That was just like really another stage in this process that's still going on for me. What are the signs you're paying attention to to let you know that you are at the right place at the right moment? Well, usually when I travel alone, and I'm not talking about moving places, but just traveling, I tend to book an Airbnb for the first two days, if not just one. And I love going without any plans. And I love going without reading much about the country other than about cultural aspects that are important for me to, to have in mind so that I can interact with people in a respectful way so that I'm aware of the language that I'm using, gestures, you know, cultural sensitivity. I feel like it's a very important part of the process uh, in traveling that many of us ignore, but makes a lot of difference right at the beginning. And so going without a plan allows me to just allow life to present opportunities to me and meet people who can take me on a journey where I am observing and being invited into something rather than trying to control. Not that I'm not making decisions. Yes, I'm going through websites. And if I, for example, I was in Malaysia, I wanted to get a, a diving certification. So I looked for a place and I booked a place. But in that process, I'm also allowing myself to meet people, have conversations with these people, listen to what they have to share. And Many of the wonderful experiences I've had in different countries came from these exchanges, people sharing with me experiences that they had had in these countries um, 
and my wanting to explore these experiences as well. And I make a conscious choice to um, uh, explore these conversations with locals because I feel that that's where the gold is really interacting with local people and, and learning how to see the world from their perspective and listening to what they have to share and trying uh, local foods that are homemade, you know, these small places and just really paying attention to the person in front of me and to see what is it that they're telling me that is creating a sense of synchronicity. And whenever I feel I identify that sense of synchronicity, which comes from developing a deeper relationship with my intuition, then I know that I'm on the right path or I'm at the right, uh, in the right place at the right moment. And so it's meditation has been a very important tool in that process. Do you think it uh, your way of exploring and um diving into an experience abroad is a typical a feminine way of doing things. Do you think a man could not adjust but explore a country the same way as the way you describe it? Because all everything you say completely resonates with what I experienced abroad. And so I was wondering, is it typically feminine? I mean to connect To, to the earth, to the soil, to, to the roots of a place. And so let it resonate, let it hear what it tells you, the messages it gives. And sometimes you meet people you are meant to meet <laughs> because they will give you, teach you something, <laughs> make you realize something you have to realize at a particular moment of your life. I love your question. And um, when I think of feminine and masculine, I, I don't like to think in terms of men and women, gender. I like to think in terms of energy because I feel like fundamentally the choices we make have to do with this balance or imbalance between feminine and masculine energies that we all, regardless of you know, gender or sex orientation or how we identify ourselves, we all have both these energies within us. And it's by identifying, first understanding what they are and how they show up, and then understanding if there's an imbalance between masculine and feminine energy within me, then I start, that's part of the self-knowledge process as well. And that explains a lot of, uh, not, in, not only in terms of who I am, but how I show up in my relationships as well. All kinds of relationship, right? Professionally, romantically, in friendships, whatever ways. I've identified, for example, in my life that there has been a development of an excess of masculine energy throughout uh, most of my life. And it was only in the last few years that I realized that. And I understand now where it comes from and I understand how it shows up. So intentionally, I've been in a process of cultivating more of a feminine energy. And the feminine energy is the, the, the energy that flows, the energy that allows the and the masculine energy is more structured, is more doing, is more control. You know, the feminine is more being, it's more, uh, yeah, allowing, right? And it's interesting how with traveling, the feminine energy was always present for me. I ne I've never been a fan of 
planning too much. Although I can see when I started traveling, I was planning every hour of my day. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I had like, you know, I had a, 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 I don't remember if it was like an Excel sheet, but like day one, we're going to do this in the morning. We're going to have breakfast here. This is how much this is going to cost. And then we're going to go here and this is the transportation we're going to take. And that, and that like, the entire trip was planned. Yeah, so you out. need to be in control of everything <laughs> that could happen. So now you let the door open to the unexpected. I feel like this is part of what we were saying before, you know, moving from one side of the spectrum to the other side of the spectrum. As an, um, in a, an inexperienced traveler, I remember when I started traveling, I, as I said, it was very masculine because I was controlling the entire process and I was packing a lot. So I was traveling super heavy, um, you know, four different (laughs) kinds of shoes. And but because I may need this, I may need that. And then it's the feminine. The feminine is like the feminine needs options, right? The feminine doesn't know what's going to happen, whereas the masculine is focused, has a direction and knows where it's going. And so it's interesting to look back and my my journey traveling and seeing the dance. And I got to a point in which, like I said, I I book one night somewhere and that's all I'm planning. And I, and that's how I travel now. And I'm traveling much lighter as well. Uh, I remember the first time I went to India, I brought the wrong kind of suitcase and I brought so much stuff that I, 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 looking back, I, I laugh because (laughs) (laughs) definitely it was not a good move. So you asked me the question, if it's men, if it's women, I feel it has to do with these energies, how they show up at different points of our journey. When we're learning something, we tend to be more masculine because we want to control the process. Once we get comfortable with the process, the feminine shows up much more and you allow things to be. And I feel it also has to do with your system of values, what's important to you, what are your preferences? And that has also to do with your personality. And so certain people will um, prefer to spend more time in nature and do nature-based activities, whereas other people will want to go to nightclubs and drink and, um, you know, uh, have an experience that that's more like man-made, let's say. This is also uh, a criteria, the set of values that can determine your comfort in one particular country if you're quite in line with the set of values that are important in one particular country then then you may feel more comfortable in the same in that country yes absolutely and i feel that what you're saying is super important because it also dictates our set of judgments you know um and when I say this, it's very easy for us to judge an experience as negative because it's not necessarily in line with what I'm comfortable with. And so what I'm uncomfortable with is not necessarily negative. It's just reflecting my ability to explore what's uncomfortable. You you know, it's like um, for some people, good has to be, has to do with comfort zone. And they're unconscious about that. They're unconscious of the fact that what they call negative, it's actually something that is beyond their, their comfort zone or what they consider familiar. So if I'm traveling expecting to see a reflection of me or the place I come from everywhere I go, I'm going to be endlessly disappointed. The point of traveling is, is not 
to feed a confirmation bias. It's quite the opposite. It's to challenge ourselves to um, explore parts of who we are that we're not aware of and explore parts of the world that we're not aware of either and how to gather these uh, ideas, these experiences, these realizations, this raised awareness can bring about a being that I am allowing, not only allowing, but um, I am being gifted with in the process, an, an entirely new way of seeing the world. And, and that's what brings us back to awakening and awareness and expansion. As long as you don't travel, you can't determine the threshold of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, we, we discover, we become aware of our comfort comfort zone because being aware of our comfort zone has to do with that work of self-knowledge, which I feel it's not always done. And so traveling does give us this experience of boundaries, This the lines really... Um, in a visual way, like an experiential, a somatic way, they become very clear if they were not clear before. And then we understand that threshold that you're talking about. Now you currently live in, in Mexico? Yes. How long have you been living in Mexico? It's been a year and four months, yes, since October 2021. And how do you like the country? I love it. Uh, It's incredible how I came here to stay for a month, transitioning um, towards Costa Rica, and I ended up staying. And it was that process of really, I have some structure, meaning I have a plan to go through this place for a month, and then I have another destination. But I, I was also open to flowing, and this is how I live my life. Um, open to the possibility that I'm going to have experiences that will take me in a different direction to the direction that I had uh, foreseen or planned before. And what happened was uh, a very beautiful connection with the land here and the culture and the experiences that I had And just sitting with all of that information, and when I say information, I'm not necessarily talking about mind. I'm talking about information in the form of the 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 experience of the body, the the intuition, the, this this realm that is not necessarily something that we can explain through words and and meanings that the mind creates. But, but it's a deep knowing, which in shamanism they call my inner silence. Um, it's, it's, it's this knowing that you have that you, you, you don't need explanation for. It, it's just there and it's, it's like a child of your intuition. And that's the experience that I had with Mexico. And it was really aligned with everything that I was looking for at that point in my life. I did want to study shamanism. I did want to deepen my experience with different uh, plant medicines uh, in, in this journey that I've been taking um, with spirituality and, and self-knowledge and growth and healing and expansion of consciousness. And um, it was incredible to see how much the Mexican culture was familiar to me in many ways because it reminded me of my own culture in Brazil, even though I was not looking for familiarity. 
that was an element at this point in my journey that made a lot of sense because I had been spending a lot of time outside my comfort zone. From Canada, I went to France and then I went to China. And in France, I was for a year and a half. And every time I live in a certain country, I, ex I try to explore what's around. And so a lot of what I was experiencing, especially after four years in China, was extremely unfamiliar. I had gone to the other side of the Yeah, the cultural so, spectrum. <laughs> exactly. And experiencing other countries in Asia also put me on the other side of the spectrum. And so since 2016, which is when I left Canada, I have been well, I had been experiencing this sort of neutrality when it comes to my home. Right. Always living in places that were transitional as a slow nomad, as I call myself. And Mexico started bringing to me this more grounded experience that at this point in my life, I started craving. I, I, I wanted to start growing roots because my roots have been at what I call aerial roots. I started, I started, it, it was an encounter. To anchor. With, to anchor. Yeah. It was an encounter with a place that inspired me to grow roots That doesn't mean that I'm going to be here forever, but it means that I want to create a foundation here, which I can explore from. Because the fact that I I, I, I lost my family um, does not give me that, that grounded experience. I do have family members in Brazil, obviously. Um, but when, when you talk about your parents, you're talking about your nest. And so that nest hasn't existed for a long time in my life. And now I feel like Mexico has provided me with this inner knowing that has told me that I can build my nest here, which is this idea of creating this safe port, you know, a place where the things that are in boxes, uh, you know, I have things in boxes in Canada, I have things in boxes in Brazil, bring the, these things to this place and, and transform this home into an experience of who I have been throughout the years traveling because as I travel I love to collect um, objects I'm not going to say souvenirs necessarily because I feel like the word souvenir carries a meaning that's not necessarily what I'm trying to convey here but objects that really mean something to me and so I have a box full of these postcards that are Um, not the commercial postcards that we find, for example, in shops, but postcards that have been created by local artists as an expression of what that place is. As an artist, obviously, I'm a big fan of art. And so I tend to make that choice for, for artistic objects. And so now um, uh, uh, this experience of Mexico made me understand that this was the place I wanted to, where I wanted to create that that foundation and so last year I bought a piece of land here and now I'm considering building a, uh, not considering it is going to happen potentially next year I'm going to start building my house and that's going to be the house that will house all of these experiences and the idea is really to create a space that reflects that journey even if I then decide to go back to traveling, you know, and live in another place, that place will be there and it will be my, my, my reference point to go back to, my place to go back to. When I open the door, I can see my story reflected on the walls, which is something that I've missed for living in neutral space. It also creates a sense of, of stability 
anchoring, grounding yourself in a place, even though you won't stay maybe all your life from in that place. You're still ready to move on. But at least going with the flow, as you describe, uh, frees you from the fear of what will come next. You, you live the current moment. You live the present at the fullest. You said two very important things there. You know, many of us glamorize the life of a nomad and the life of exploring the world. And it is fantastic. And I'm so grateful for having had that experience. And I'm not done quite yet. <laughs> But it also comes with um, what one would call a price or it, it, com it comes with an impact that you I, I don't I don't necessarily like to label things as positive or negative. It's just what they are. Right. But it comes with sometimes this feeling of ungroundedness, this feeling of suspension, this feeling of floating, this feeling of, I know so many people, I have so many friends around the world, but physically uh, uh, I don't experience that because, you know, um, you create this network of people that you love, but you are never with them because you're always moving around. And so um, there are so many things to talk about in this process. We become very intimate with the idea of being alone and we learn how to do that. And we, if we take the opportunity, we learn how to do that in a way that we learn how to value it a lot. I love spending time alone, but I also became aware of the fact that I have people I love scattered all around the globe. And this is one of the uh, outcomes of the, this lifestyle, right? And so, um, and but also learning to take call. distance, also learning to take distance at one point when you move abroad, you have friends, as you say, scattered around the world. But when you move, you have to say goodbye, maintain relationship or bring it to another level if you want to maintain it. Yeah, that there are so many learnings in this journey, you know, in the beginning, getting rid of things and selling things and giving things away can be a difficult process. It depends on the level of attachment that one's has, one has to their, their things. But the more you do it, the, the, the less important it becomes, the more it, it, it is about the experiences and the less it is about what you have. And the easier it becomes to just detach from things, detach from places and just move on. It's not that you become someone who is emotionally uh, detached from your life or people around you. It's just that you start really understanding, appreciating and embodying the very nature of life, which is the fact that everything is temporary. And you're in full acceptance of that concept because you live it. You've lived it so many times that now you're just observing life instead of judging what's happening to you. I feel like these transitions in, in which you're, we are invited to detach every time we travel, every time we move countries, they really teach us about the nature of uh, um, everything in life being temporary. And the more we experience that, the more we enter a new comfort zone. So mm -hmm. what was completely uncomfortable is now yes. super comfortable and the opposite mm -hmm. becomes uncomfortable. So now if, <laughs> if I don't travel for a long period of time, That's it's true. very uncomfortable. And so it's, <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful experience. And living everything in the is relative. Like <laughs> everything is relative. And living in the moment, like you said, is the bridge to experiencing life in, in, in from that perspective of, 
everything being temporary. Just a few words before we close. What are you doing in Mexico? I think you founded a magazine. Would you like to talk a little about this magazine? What topics are you exploring in this magazine? This is also a space in this podcast uh, for the women I interviewed to make them stand out, <laughs> showcase your talents. Thank you, Francoise. Yeah, so last year I launched a magazine called The Weave. And The Weave is a journey from human regeneration to planetary regeneration. It's, it's an expression of who I am and the diversity of choices I've made throughout my life and careers I've had and places where I lived and people I've met. I feel that I'm experiencing a time in my life in which everything is coming together in the form of a project that is embodying all these multifacets of who I am, things I've done, careers I've explored, people I've met, places I've been, and fundamentally the learnings that I have harvested during the journey. From my personal experiences in my family, still while, while I was in Brazil, and my story uh, with trauma and healing and spiritual awakening, and uh, experiencing life from different perspectives as people placed their mirrors in front of me, I came to a fundamental understanding that planetary regeneration is only possible if we first uh, work on human regeneration, with, which is this journey of the self through healing, rewilding, reconnecting with nature, and understanding what is actually our fullest potential thriving moving away from a life in which we are surviving we're not actually living and moving towards a life in which we're thriving and fundamentally really just following uh in the footsteps of um nature how nature works right And so the magazine is 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 a, an invitation uh, to embark on that journey. And what we do is we are exploring a present moment that for many uh, is still a future, but it's already happening. The unfolding of what we call the regenesis, which is this renaissance movement that's happening in the regenerative world and bringing about these solutions, not only for the planet, but on an individual level, on the level of the community and uh, on the level of the planet, obviously, as I said, but also on the level of the cosmos in the form of the, the new mythologies that we're creating, the new cultures that are emerging from that space. So concretely, for people who'd like to subscribe to your magazine or, or to visit your, the website related to the magazine, Yes, so they can go to theweavemagazine.earth and there they're going to have access to our first two issues. Our third issue is coming out on March 20th. The Weave is a seasonal publication. So every edition comes out in alignment with equinoxes and solstices. And yeah, the project is expanding. We have a studio for anyone who is interested in help with creative direction or getting really clear on their purpose, mission, vision, values, storytelling, so that we have all of that support as well as with uh, art direction, visual design. And yeah, there are other expansions happening from that space. Uh, we've been uh, celebrating partnerships with some organizations that are entering our ecosystem. We're very happy about it. 
And we're uh, very soon going to be um, announcing an annual festival that we will be hosting. And the first one should be here in Mexico. It's much beyond Mexico. Yes, yes. So the, the magazine is, is a global uh, magazine, meaning that we... We are amplifying voices from uh, people from all over the world. We are we are coming to the end of, of our interview. A last word for women who would like to travel but are still a bit fearful and don't know what to expect. What would you tell them? Every time we take a leap of faith, even though we may feel like we are on the edge of an abyss, The universe will reward you with a feather bed when you decide to jump. Oh, it's lovely. Yes, well, that's Terence Makina, and it's really uh, something that has inspired me and um, allowed me to look back in my life and understand that that's actually what has happened every time I have decided to take a leap of faith. The universe has Uh, shown me a feather bed and said, the more you do it in alignment with who you are for the greater good, not in self-service necessarily. And I mean, in self-love, it's really important, but not self in, in a way that's self-centered, but uh, um, in the name of a vision that's greater than who we are, the universe will always be there to support us. Thank you very much for taking us on this beautiful spiritual journey. Not only moving abroad, not only adjusting abroad, but finding yourself abroad and finding and live uh, an abundant life and live your life to the fullest and develop your potential, full potential. Thank you very much for sharing your experience, Barbara. I wish you well, a good life and um, a beautiful continuation. Thank you so much. Françoise, it was a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you for following us in this episode. Because an international experience can awaken incentives and reveal new aspects in women's identities, Women Abroad is the podcast that appeals to young women everywhere. Did you like this episode? Like it and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts and share it with your friends. You can also rate us and review us. Would you like to share your experience abroad? Whether you are a student, an early career woman, or a more experienced professional, contact me on my page women underscore abroad underscore on Instagram and women abroad on Facebook. You can also listen to the episodes on my website women-abroad-coaching.com. I wish you a great day and a bright life. Talk to you soon.